You are Locked On Mavericks, your daily podcast on the Dallas Mavericks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is going to be huge. 360 in the contract, never that. I just take the contact, I'll bring it back. I'm running on the fast break, behind the back. Yeah, this, that, this, that, this, that. Dirk with the Well, 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 welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member at MavsMoneyBall.com, and I am joined, as always, back again, my co-host, the editor of Smoking Cuban and the Harrison Barnes Nerlens Noel fan club. What you got for me, Isaac? Guess who is back? Back again. Um, never fear. The twins are here. Actually, one twin. Just well, one. he's not even here. He's not even here. But back in... If you go, if you go in a time machine, and I used to work for a sporting goods store, I was a manager of a sporting goods store, and we is it named near, after a Greek god? Uh, no, I don't think so. Yeah, it is. <laughs> really? Yeah. I should know this. I worked for the company for a while. <laughs> anyway, um, I was it, outside of Nike. Mobile. It's Nike, by the way. Oh, no, 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 I wasn't. And no, that was before my Nike days. So okay. Wait. I was like, wait, I did not know that. I, I would know that. No, uh, I was uh, I was a ma- manager of a sporting goods store outside of Louisville, Kentucky. And we had a bunch of Kentucky gear. And it was the year that they had the Harrison Twins. One of the years I was there. And it was, we had the shirts. Never fear. The Twins are here. That's such a dumb saying. It is. We also had shirts. Fear the flat top for none other, none other than Nerlens Noel. He needs the flat top back. He needs the flat top back to get his powers back. Here, I've, here, here, I sold all those t-shirts back then. All these Noel fans were coming in, blah blah blah. And fast forward years down the road, and look where we're at. It's kind of crazy. You're like his closest living friend. So shut up, Nick. <laughs> so <laughs> Nick, Nick Carlisle over here. <laughs> That's a good Nick Halloween Nick. costume right there. <laughs> From all of our uh, our inside jokes just now, if you guys didn't catch it, uh, the Mavericks decided to end or let let Jameel Warney's ten day contract expire. So it ended last night, which was Tuesday after they played the the Pelicans. After Warney did not get any time to play against the Pelicans, uh, his ten day expired. And Mark Stein reported Mark Stein of the New York Times, the New York Times reported that uh, <laughs> the Mavericks are going to extend a ten day contract to Aaron Harrison and Isaac. Anytime you can get the worst Harrison twin, you you have to every time, right? <laughs> well, that's not, that's not saying too much if you're trying to get the worst one. This is not a uh, <laughs> this is not a Seth Curry Steph Curry type of situation. Coming out, um, I always thought that Aaron would have would have had a better career than Andrew because everybody was super high on Andrew, but Aaron had like the 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 three and D kind of thing, and so because he always played off ball because Andrew was always the on ball guy. But I was definitely wrong about that. Or at least the, he has not found a team as bad as the Grizzlies to like stay on for a while. <laughs> Wait, here's the – you hear the Harrison Twins brought up a lot when it comes to the one-and-done argument because yeah. – They would have gone like 5-6 or like – They're the opposite. <laughs> two, exactly. When they were coming out, they're from Texas. Shout out Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, born in San Antonio, went to high school in Pecan Grove. But if they're – Are you sure if, it's not Pecan? I say pecan. Do you really say pecan? No, I don't. I don't talk about those very much. Okay, I hate pecans anyway. 
but anyway, if if they didn't have the one and done, and we allowed straight from high school, the the Harrison twins would would have been probably lottery picks. And I mean, Aaron hasn't really stuck in the league at all. He got a little run with Charlotte, and Andrew is on the bench or hurt right now for Memphis, I think. And so he's been, he started some games for Memphis though. He, I mean, he's not been a complete like washout. No, I mean, he, no, not at all. But I mean, they, I don't think they. They came into college basketball as clear top ten recruits, right. and that's not what exactly. they've really turned into. And they're big guards, you know. They they're both like six five, six six, somewhere through there. So you you thought that maybe whatever. And so this is Dallas, kind of, you know. Stein's Stein's reporting it at this point on on Tuesday night, recording this. Yeah. After the you know Pelicans game, it's not official. We haven't got anything from the, the Mavs yet, but it, it's just Dallas throwing a flyer out. I like flyers. Um, I'm not going to lie. I mean, I've, I've made fun of the Harrison twins a lot, <laughs> uh, being from Kentucky and just Kentucky fans always hyped them up that like they're the best thing ever. And, but anyway, I'm excited for a new body in there just to see what it's going to be like. And is it a sign that Dennis might not be playing for a while? Uh, it could be. Because, I mean, I think Carl said it the other day, it's going to be multiple games for Dennis. So, Yeah, Dennis missed the game against the Pelicans. We'll talk about that game a little bit. Uh, he was in a walking boot, as reported by Eddie Sefko of the paper. And uh, and so he was in a walking boot. It's just kind of precautionary. I, I don't think it's anything serious. They're just kind of being, you know, really careful with it, which is exactly what we would want them to do. Yeah, I mean, I saw somebody tweet. was like, hey, there's nothing really for him to play for right now. So wherever you – Pride, Isaac. What about pride? What about just playing? What about oh, these? Oh, you, what about all these kids playing in the NCAA tournament just strictly for pride? Cold hard pride. You don't have to tell me twice. I'm all about playing for pride and trying to win games. But um, he's not going to be out there. I don't know when we'll see him again. I mean, we'll just wait to see what happens. With can that, they draft so. him again? Can we? Can we draft Dennis again? <laughs> <laughs> How old do you think Aaron Harrison is? Uh, I actually have it right in front of me. Okay, because he he's twenty three. I would have guessed twenty five. That would have been my guess, but he's twenty three. So I mean, these guys coming out, they're they're one and dones. I I don't like to give up on on guys like this so quick, especially when they they had such a you know high grade coming out of high school. I mean, they just he didn't even get drafted. So um, this yeah. is this is true. And his brother was drafted forty fourth. <laughs> so yeah, super late. Yeah. So I mean. It's a flyer, like you said. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, the revolving ten-day contract window door locker room continues to uh, revolve. <laughs> First it was Scotty Hopkins, now then it was Jamil Warney. We got all excited. Now it's Aaron Harrison. How many more days left in the season? Is there? I mean, it's oh got, gosh, I don't know. Got to be like, well, they end the they end like the twelfth, right? April, yeah, second week of April, I think, or something like that. I think the Mavs' last game is the tenth. So we've got, and we're recording this on the 20th, so we've got a good 30 days left, 31 so days good. left. <laughs> three more players. We can get, we can, we can, we can, we can squeak in three more 10-day contracts. Let's, so the Harrison Twins, you said one and done, and I looked it up because I, I thought they played multiple years. Oh, so you're they right. Two, they did. They, they played, played two years. years. So I'm looking it up. Can you name any of their starting, their other can Kentucky starting lineup guys. Okay, there, the, there's that one year with uh, Julius Randle. 
Okay, well, okay. This is their last. This is their last year. Kentucky, 2014-15, they lost to Wisconsin. Was Daniel Orton on that team? Carl Anthony Towns. Oh, really? They played with him. Devin Booker. Wow. Willie Cauley Stein. No, the the Willie Cauley Stein was Julius Randle, wasn't he? He's on this team too. Wow. Trey Lyles, Dakari Johnson, Tyler Eulis, Alex Poythers. Oh, Dakari Johnson was that center. Dakari. <laughs> I always remember Daniel Orton because there's this huge ESPN the magazine article about him, how he was like a backup and how he could be the next like oh, they compared him to a quarterback. Please. Oh, who was it? I think it was like uh I'll remember. Tom Brady. I'll remember no, it was like a backup guy that came in and all of a sudden just like started playing really well. I'll remember it in about five minutes. He was with Julius Randle, James Young. Yes. Willie Willie Cauley Stein. Yeah. Did you see the funny stand with Kentucky? The funny senior post from Towns and Booker uh, a few weeks ago, whenever it was senior night for Kentucky, and they didn't have any seniors, but Carl Anthony Towns and Booker would be seniors right now. So Towns and Booker That's tweeted wild. out a picture of their starting five, and it's like it's been real, boys. You know, <laughs> senior night's here, and like all this stuff, and they've been in the league for three years. <laughs> it's wilder. Can wilder you imagine? No one would beat them. I mean, absolutely no one would beat them. No, I mean it's crazy. My only counter to that is a lot of the recruits they've gotten since then wouldn't have came because a lot of times people like to throw that out of, oh well. Then they got this player. What if they combined all their players from the past three years? I'm like, well, they wouldn't have got those recruits. But still, Towns and Booker. They're, they're really going to miss Kevin Knox and uh, what is it, SGA? <laughs> What's his name? They're really going to miss those Gilgis guys Alexander. if they still got, if they still have Devin Booker and Carl Anthony Towns. Man, they're going to miss those guys. <laughs> all right. So we're going to uh, continue to talk about the Mavericks. Uh, we'll stop talking about Kentucky basketball right this minute. Right now, we will stop talking about them. Uh, the Dallas Mavericks lost. <laughs> yeah, the Dallas Mavericks lost to the Pelicans until we have to talk about free agency with Julius Randle. Uh, the Mavericks lost to the Pelicans, 115 to 105. It was one of those tennis match kind of games. It went back and forth a lot. We'll talk about that. Uh, we're also going to get into a Carlisle quote that <laughs> that I heard during the broadcast that just really. Uh, Really piqued my interest. We'll talk about that. And then we're going to give our uh, our updated top 10 big boards. Yeah. For the Mavericks. So we've I'm been excited. doing this once a month. We did this just about 30 days ago. And so we're going to do it again now. And we'll do it again in April and then again in May. And then when the draft comes. I don't know. I think we should do it after the tournament and see if anything's changed. Okay. We'll do it after the tournament. I don't think that's like That's like three weeks. we'll do it after the tournament when we both have Mikhail Bridges or Michael Bridges as the uh, number one pick (laughs) (laughs) all right the uh, the Pelicans game like I said it was a real back and forth sort of game Uh, Anthony Davis there was that scare in the end of the second quarter it looked like he was not going to come back they were looking at his shin he was at the he was at the um the uh, the uh, what do you call it? the bench and then he went to the locker room he walked off he was kind of limping and everybody kind of held their breath because anytime a guy like that goes off the floor you just think man I just really hope he doesn't miss any games because he is so fun to watch man that he hit this three at the end of the third quarter at the buzzer that reminded me of that uh, that three he hit against the Thunder I think it was one of the final games of the season it's a couple years ago he hit this three it was like a double clutch three but man. That dude hitting those shots is crazy. Like, that's just unfair. Yeah, I mean, it's just what he does that 
I mean, I was just telling somebody the other day, I'm like, there's a handful of guys that when you see them in person, it's just, I mean, it's just a different, different world. And you see Anthony Davis up close and just see what he does. And some of the shots he's making tonight, the fadeaways, Gosh. like, please. I mean, it's on a garb. I mean, Harp, I think Harp said it, or Mark did one. It's like, you know, there's just nothing you can do about it. And you can't. And it's just, he's taking his game to a different level. I mean, it's crazy that Harden's having the year that he's having, but AD should be right there in that MVP conversation too. I think he's two. I think he's number two. I think he's two also, but I, the Chris Bosh thing on Bill Simmons' podcast a few weeks ago, like he's so right. DeMar DeRozan should be getting every bit of MVP, MVP hype right now. And... Because he's the, they're the number one seed, and they've been the number one seed for a while, and he's having like huge numbers. And I'm not saying he should win it, but he's not even being mentioned. I mean, we're hearing he's being Kyra. mentioned. He's not being mentioned at he's all. He's being mentioned. No, he's not. Everybody that I've heard talk about it mentions Demar Derozan. All I hear is Harden, AD, LeBron, Le- LeBron, Giannis. Yeah, Giannis should not be in this. It's just in the conversation. That's the new catchphrase right now is he should be in the conversation. That's But that's the thing. Like DeRozan, I think, should be hands down mentioned over LeBron, Giannis, Kyrie. Yeah, um, oh, definitely. Any, any of those guys. And I, I just feel the other, I hear the other guys more. Yeah, right now it's probably Harden, Davis, DeRozan, and then LeBron. I think that would be my four. Mm-hmm. I don't know where I put LeBron. That's tough, but he's having his, some of his best numbers still. I mean, the guy just keeps putting up numbers. It's hard to put him anywhere, pal. Like, can you imagine looking back and just putting LeBron at six and looking back in history and being like, dang it, what were we doing? <laughs> I just feel that's yeah. what it's going to be. Um, anything else about this game? Uh, like we said, Jamil Morney didn't play. A lot of the younger guys didn't play. Dennis didn't play. I uh, didn't see anything from Motley. I mean, that was kind of frustrating him. Yeah, I mean, you at this point in the season, you always want to. I mean, you want to see Warney, you want to see Motley, you want to see those guys, and it's just like Jalen Jones. Jalen Jones just had like his career best game ever for against the Nets the other day, and now he didn't doesn't get a single minute. But I liked well. what I saw from Dorian Finney-Smith in this game. Uh, just I liked seeing him back in there. I like seeing him. I feel like he's really comfortable in the offense. I think he, he he's always he always knew what his place was. I mean, he always knew, but I I saw a couple really good passes from him. Uh definitely getting some boards. Um I also liked Nerlens Noel was pretty active. I mean, doing his kind of doing his thing. He's still super super skinny. <laughs> Every time I watch him, man, it just keeps coming back that he's just going to get bullied everywhere he goes in the in the in the post, but you know, getting those hands in there, two steals, two blocks. Yeah, I mean, Nerland still did his thing. He was super active. Um, you know, JJ had a you know, pretty good game. Dirk, man. I mean, I tweeted out this thing of Dirk, and it's like his still at 20 years, him being able to just shoot in people's grills. Because he, he got this ball at the, towards the end of the game, and I swear he didn't even take it like past his chest. It's just like right in the 10-day contract guy's face. And I don't even know who that guy was. Right in his 10-day contract. Right in the 10-day contract. Like, it just went down to, like, seven days. <laughs> Man, like, how – is there a more stupid feeling 
Like being crossed over, I bet you feel stupid. Being dunked on, I bet you feel stupid. But there is like a secret, like there is a little like secret grace to being a guy that leaves Dirk Nowitzki open, like leaves him wide open, like leaves your man and your man is Dirk Nowitzki. Like the only thing he's like, why would you leave him? The only thing he's going to do is shoot. He's not going to drive around you anymore. No, but the guys that leave him and to turn around and to see Dirk wide open, like at the top of the key, this happened several times tonight where he's just at the top of the key by himself. And then his man leaves him. And I can't imagine what it's like to be that guy. When you see the ball whiz by your head and you turn around and Dirk's just shooting a wide open shot <laughs> yeah just go for the pump fake go for i mean anything and try to block it i mean don't give him room don't it's not like he's gonna backdoor cut you and get past yeah. you you know but oh man he had 19 tonight i mean just just super impressive seven of 13 the guy can i mean the guy can still light it up 19 points i mean that that's like a quiet 19 points too i i thought he keeps playing, man. He keeps playing uh, decent minutes, and he keeps playing the back-to-backs. Uh, he just he wants to play as much as he can this year. And Bobby Corrala tweeted sometime, I think, before the game that if Dirk keeps his current uh, points-per-game average and if LeBron keeps his current points-per-game average, then uh, Dirk will pass LeBron – or Dirk will pass Wilt at some point next season, and LeBron will pass him one game after. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, that was a crazy stat. So uh, he has the exact date, I think, on his Twitter. So go to Bobby Corral's Twitter on that. Uh, But, yeah, that was crazy. Anything else about this game? Uh, Screw screw Rondo. We don't use profanity on this this show, but uh, I may even just bleep out what I just said. (laughs) Just for for effect, because forget Rondo. Just, just. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even want to talk about Rondo. I don't even like looking at him sometimes. All right, we're good. Okay, so Nancy Lieberman is a uh, just a, a legend in the game of basketball. She is uh, the assistant coach for the Sacramento Kings at some point. Uh, she was honored this summer for the with the uh, the Dallas Wings, and I think all WNBA teams honored her just as a, like a legend, a pioneer of the game for women in basketball. She was on the uh, the pre and post game for the Pelicans, and I was watching the Pelicans broadcast because it was a better feed for me. And uh, they have two women as, as their pre and post game, by the way, which I thought was was pretty awesome. Um, and so she she was she came on the broadcast with a. You remember David Wesley? Yeah, yeah. that's uh, he's that's on, Melvin Hunt's boy. Yeah, he's on the broadcast with the uh, with the uh, the other guy. I can't remember the play by play announcer's name, but real real quick, the if you don't know the connection, listeners at Baylor, three best friends: Melvin Hunt, David Wesley, and Dennis Lindsay the GM of the Utah Jazz. All three of those guys played basketball at Baylor, best friends, point guards, same backcourt. Anyway, keep on going. And Nancy Lieberman said on the broadcast to uh, to David Wesley and the play-by-play guy, she said, Rick Carlisle t- talked to me before the game, and he told me this is the most fun he's had coaching except for 2011. <laughs> what? Are you kidding me? <laughs> this is the most fun he's had? Okay. That statement contradicts everything that you and I have seen come out of his mouth, exude from his countenance, and just, like, the way he is. <laughs> it just doesn't he, – he is not having the most fun he's ever had coaching. It's – okay. For maybe media outside of 
Dallas, and you're kind of learning about Rick, which I'm still learning about Rick. I've only I've had a relationship with him for two years, as far as him making me feel stupid. But <laughs> but no, like media asks these questions. There was a question earlier this season to where an outside reporter asked him some question. I forgot what it was, and he gave the longest answer ever, and it didn't even answer the question. And the reporter <laughs> even tweeted out and was like. This is a this is a great Rick Carlisle quote. I'm like, listen, guys, y'all gotta understand. He loves messing with y'all. Mm-hmm. Like he loves just grinding your gears. Like he loves everything with that. Just like when it comes to how many times was Nerlens Noel name brought up throughout the year, oh. even when all the crap was going on, and Rick would just sit up there with the most stone cold straight face. I know for one instance on the road when he was asked about Nerlens. And he said, he was talking, and Carlos said with the most blank face ever, like, yeah, I'm super excited to have him back. Can't wait for him. Like, all this different stuff. Like, And the media just, like, rolled, like, laughed about it. <laughs> and because it's just, Rick's not, Rick's going to just tell you, you know, like, Rick's just playing with you. And he's going to be as sarcastic as you can. And so when it comes to this, the most fun ever, like, that's just... I mean, it's just dumb. I mean, it's it's not dumb. It's it's, it's not true. I mean, it's... I know, but the thing about it is he said it to Nancy Lieberman. They were talking before the game. It's not like this was a media scrum. And so I think he, like, I don't know. Maybe she just didn't catch his sarcasm, which is completely completely plausible because he he does have that very dry sense of humor at some points. Uh, But, man, I, I just can't imagine this is the most fun. Somebody on Twitter mentioned... Uh, and I'll see if I can find the tweet and, and give you a shout out. But somebody mentioned that maybe he likes the challenge of having this team and trying to keep, sort of trying to keep his attention. And uh, this is our guy Jay Apage. I'm probably pronouncing your name wrong, uh, but he said Rick Rick enjoys these kinds of challenges. He's good enough at his job where he knows how to redefine success and stay engaged. I guess I can kind of see that that angle of it. I just really think he was messing. I, I think he's mentioned too. I mean, and really, if you want to think about, it, I mean, if you really want to dig into it, and and try to see, I mean, Laker knows that that was just hold on, hold on. Hey, it's so high pitch of a bark. Is this dog crying? Oh, that's your wife. I thought that was her. I thought it was Laker at first. And he's like, oh. I'm like, You're like, what the heck? What kind of noise is that dog making? All right. Uh, that was like at 22 minutes. Okay. All right. Sorry about that. Avery was like knocking on the door. <laughs> <laughs> Laker. Anytime anybody knocks on the door, he freaks out. All right, what were you saying? Oh, the only the only thing about it, if you want to believe it, is the fact that just practically thinking, think about Rick's job and how much easier it is right now compared to like if you're fighting for the playoffs. From all the stuff like outside oh, as far of as game. pressure, yeah, <laughs> yeah, like pressure, game prep from coaching in the game and finding the you know the best matchups and yeah. running the best plays and all this different stuff. Now I'm not saying that they don't do that now, but like 
would I go as far as saying that they do everything the exact same way they're doing now like they would if they're the fourth seed in the playoffs? I don't think I would go that far. But We as media aren't doing the same amount that we would do if this team was really Bravo. good. I was thinking about this the other day. I was like, man, if the Mavericks are actually a playoff team, how would I cover them differently? I, I would definitely know the rotation a lot better, right? Like I would, I think I would chart it out even. I think I would chart out who's playing when and what minutes and try to see if I can, you know, match up and see if I can predict like who's coming in when and stuff like that. And I don't care about that now because Rick just kind of throws out, he, I mean, they have to have played some of the most lineup combinations in the NBA. <laughs> just all the I guys. I would be like strategically watching a bunch of other teams. And yes. Yeah. Like I would try to watch the Rockets more or like some of these other teams, you know, in yeah. the playoffs that we couldn't match up with. And now it's just, you know, well, one, my wife's pregnant. So I'm, you know, trying to do all that stuff. But like, I'm just like, okay, I have an NBA games on and it's not a Mavs game. I mean, I'll put it on, but I'm not like zoned in, like taking notes or something like I would yeah. be if they could match up with Mavericks. Yeah. Instead, we're taking notes on Mo Bamba and his vertical. So. Don't get me started on Mo Bamba, Nick. Hey, I let's. Uh, actually, I'm going to get you started on Mo Bamba right now. Uh, I tweeted out today my official prediction: the Mavericks will draft Mo Bamba. Please, please let it happen. That'd be awesome. I'd be. I'm all for that. I want it really, really bad. I I go I go back and forth. Sometimes I really want one a really safe guy for the Mavericks, and then sometimes I'm like. Reach for it. Just reach for it. Give me the guy with the highest ceiling. See, I don't think I don't think Bomb is that big of a risk, though. But we, we'll talk about it. Say if we're going to do our top ten, we're doing our top ten boards right now. Uh, let me just remind you what our boards were as of February twentieth. So we're literally doing this a month, uh, a month removed from our last board. So this is what our boards look like as of then. Mine was Luka Doncic number one, and these are for the Mavericks. This is what we think the Mavericks should take. Let's say they were given their their choice. Uh, what order would they put them in? Luka Doncic yes. number one, DeAndre Ayton number two, Michael Porter Jr. number three, Jaron Jackson Jr. the third number four, Mo Bamba number five, Marvin Bagley number six, uh, number seven, Michael Bridges number eight, Wendell Carter number nine, Miles Bridges. And then number 10, Kevin Knox with a question mark because I didn't really know. I wasn't going to go past that because I didn't want to think past number nine. <laughs> <laughs> and then Isaacs uh, was DeAndre Ayton, Michael Porter Jr., Marvin Bagley, Luka Doncic, Mo Bamba, Jaron Jackson, Michael Bridges, Lonnie Walker, Miles Bridges, and then Kevin Knox. All right. Yeah. Any big changes or should we just go ahead and give our top 10 as of right now? Well, let's just go down. I mean, I still have eight and one. You have still you have Luca. I do still, still one, have right? Luca one. Yeah. Um, I actually moved Luca up to two, so you have wow. eight and at two, right? I have eight and at two. Say that again. Okay, so we just flip flop. I have eight and one. Luca two. You have Luca one. Eight and two. Okay. So who do you? You're coming around on Luca. Was it your talk with Charks? It had to be. I moved him from three to two. It's not like I'm saying he's the <laughs> the next <laughs> transcendent talent of the world. No, and I know why you. I've did. always been high on him. Yeah, I like him. You know, I'm, I'm just I'm much higher on him now because he legally earned his money instead of what DeAndre Ayton decided to do. Uh, uh that has nothing to do with it. Um, All right, give me your number three. 
Number three, I have Mo Bamba. Wow. Wow. I'm really surprised about that. So he jumps, I'm, I'm he jumps for you from five to three. Listen, listen, I, I'm all in on Mo Bamba. And here's, here's my thing behind it. First off, my draft board comes out today, so go read it. Ooh. It's, it's me explaining my picks right now. Here's my thing with, like, Mo Bamba compared to, like, Jaron Jackson, some of these others, even, like, DeAndre Ayton. Jaron Jackson might have the better overall game. Yeah. Offense, shooting, um, really good defensively, blah, blah, blah. So, but here's my thing. I think Bamba can be elite at a couple different areas. Yeah. I think Mo Bamba can be an elite shot blocker, an elite rebounder, an elite or I wouldn't say, but elite rebounder and shot blocker, and then a very good rim roller. And in today's NBA, you see what the DeAndre Jordans, but really watch the impact of Rudy Gobert. And I'm trying to, mm. I'm going to try to write a piece on this, and I don't know if I'll have time for the Jazz game before the Jazz game on Thursday, as far as watch how Utah uses Rudy Gobert. And that could be how the preview of Dallas with Mo Bamba. Look at the impact Rudy Gobert has on this on the Jazz team, offensively and defensively, and envision Mobamba in that role. And that's the thing. That's that's why I'm all in on Mobamba. People, you know, tweet at me saying he gets pushed around, like all this different stuff, whatever. But the dude's averaging almost four blocks a game, yeah. seven foot nine wingspan, putting him in the Dwight Powell role right now. He's, you know, he would defend the paint, roll, set the pick, roll to the rim, don't shoot threes. Just do your thing. We're not going to give it to you on the post. We want you to – he could step in, and I could see in his second season him legit averaging 16, 14, and like three blocks a game. And I'm happy with that. So maybe even higher if, you know, you're hoping with his age that over time that he can develop his offensive game, his shot more, hitting an open three, stuff like that. But, yeah, I, I can't – I can't tell you my praises over Mo Bamba enough. He 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 leads that second. Um, can because we both we probably both agree that tier one is Luca and Aiden, right? Yeah, yeah, we're right there. Okay, and then so you know tier two starts. That's the second group of guys. For me, it's three through seven, and probably the same for Nick too. And Bama leads that second group for me. Yeah, I have a uh, number three. I have Jaron Jackson, and I have Mo Bamba fourth. Um. I moved him up from five. I moved both both Jackson and Bamba up, and we'll mention why in a minute. Um, but Jaron Jackson, Mo Bamba, I have them both up there for, for similar reasons. I mean, I think Jaron Jackson is the more safe pick, uh, in my opinion. Uh, I, I just can see some, like, Hashim Thabit flashes, <laughs> you know, every once in a while. With He's uh, a lot more mobile than Thabit, though. That's my thing. Right, right, right. No, I mean there's def- there's differences for sure, but the Jaron Jackson shot, I still go back to that Jonathan Charks article that I I just when you read that you're like, dang, we should take him and just run, <laughs> you know, like if he's available, you just take him and run. Uh, but I'm right there. I mean, I'm right there with you. Uh, number four for you is who? Jaron Jackson. Okay, so we're, so we're so yeah. we're we're in agreement that those are the top four guys right now. And I think Jackson's going to take a little bit more time than what some people think too. Yeah, he's, I mean, little, he's younger. He's the youngest guy in the class. He's super young. It's just he's got to work on some things. But it's like I said a while ago. He has, he probably has the better. I mean, he probably has the better overall game than Aiton and Bamba, as far as like yeah, both sides of the floor. Yeah, like both both sides. 
It's just Aiton's elite offensive ability puts him at one. Bama's elite, for me, Bama's elite rebounding, defense, rim rolling, like just, can you, here's one thing with Bamba. Can you imagine the catch radius of Bamba on a oop? Oh, with JJ Bray. I like don't know if I can stuff. imagine it, to be honest. <laughs> the guy's got seven, I mean, nine wingspan. That's like everywhere. Absolutely insane. And then he would be the true Tyson Chandler starter kit, you know? And so. Oh, shots fired <laughs> at your boy. Wow. No, I'm, I'm wow. just saying, like, because wow. their investment fired in. at your boy. They invested one year into Nerlens, pretty much. You know, no, one and a half years. So, like. Barely. They invested, like, 20 games in him. And then just the investment into Mobamba would be the actual, here's the starter kit. We get at least four years, probably eight years, and go from there. They would invest in him like they invest in Dennis right now. Exactly. That's what you're saying. Yeah, completely. And uh, have that 1-5 going forward. Even a Jackson, you know, too. Like, that would be fun to play with. By the way. Uh, did you know that Mo Bamba thought about going to Harvard and was accepted? That's wild. I knew he was really smart, but I didn't know. I didn't know that smart. until yesterday. Uh, thanks for listening to the pod, by the way. Uh, Nick Nepic was on. Shut <laughs> up. You know why I didn't listen to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just want to throw shade. Uh, he said that, and I, I had a, an amazing transition. You guys need to listen to it just for the transition where I talked about uh, Mo Bamba being a you know, a potential Harvard um, <laughs> Harvard player, and then there's another guy in the top ten that uh, almost thought about going to Harvard too. And that would have been wild. Can you imagine if Mo Bamba and Wendell Carter both went to Harvard? That would be wild. I actually know somebody that played at Harvard. Fran Fraschilla's son. I worked with him at Nike here in Dallas, and oh, nice. he. Uh, That's the one named after he was the Greek point guard, guard for Harvard. <laughs> so, uh, number five for me. I ho- I wonder if we're gonna have the same guy because this is a guy that you and I have just like really fallen in love with the last couple weeks. Oh, well, it's definitely the same guy. Is it Michael Bridges? It's Michael Bridges. Dang it! Yeah. Group think we need to get away from each other. Yeah, I mean it. <laughs> I start. I raved on this dude the first like draft podcast we had. Like I, yeah, just the the wing and like I think he. I'm, I know it sounds so stupid like to give somebody this high of a thing, but. I really think he has like a Kawhi Leonard type of like vibe to him yeah. coming out. Like when Kawhi come out, it was kind of the same thing. And Kawhi couldn't shoot. Yeah, Bridges that, can shoot. That's the difference. Bridges shoots like forty four percent. He's got. He's probably the best. He's the best shooter in this top ten, right? Uh oh yeah oh yeah yeah maybe yeah, maybe sure. Michael Porter. Maybe well we'll talk about him. Yeah, in a we'll second. talk about but, him. But but yeah, I mean yeah, best shooter in the class. I mean in this in the lottery. I mean yeah. Just, just the what he's done. We've hyped him. I feel like we've hyped him up so much, and just his fit in Dallas would be great. Just everything with that. He is. I used when we first started. I really liked him, and but I viewed him. At, I viewed it as like a top six draft, and he was the seventh. And it was kind of like top two, then three through six, then you know, then it was like Michael Bridges, Miles Bridges, you know, those guys. But then he separated himself, and now he's moved up some. And it's just he has – now, you, some people are throwing out the age thing with him because he's like 21. Oh, he's 21 and a half. Guys, Ugh. Some, Ugh, yeah, some of these so guys old. are old. Like, <laughs> you know, some of these guys are like 18, 19, whatever. But still, no, I, I'm all about Michael Bridges. And, man, if we're sitting there One thing- at 5, 6, 7 – 
please. One thing I really like and stuff that I've been reading the last couple of weeks about him is that he didn't come in and he, he came in and wasn't given everything right away. He had to oh, yeah. he had to earn it. Like he had to earn his spot on the team. He came into a Villanova team that had a lot of good playmakers. You know, a guy like Josh Hart that was like a, you know a senior on that team that had you know had it all. And then uh, I mean, they broke our hearts. I mean, Carolina's hearts. The shot. I mean, uh, <laughs> you know that shot. He was on that team. He came off the bench, right? And but like people don't you don't think about him, you know. And it's just and then that next year, you know, was Carolina against Gonzaga in the championship, whatever. And I forgot what happened to Villanova, but he became like the Robin kind of yeah. in, in that year. And and now that's kind of what he is now because Brunson's still there, but he's taking on a much bigger role. That second, I, if you are on the fence about Michael Bridges, go watch the second half against Alabama and you'll see. He was guarding Colin Sexton. I mean, he's a six, seven yeah. like wing guarding their point guard, which is what you could see him do in the NBA. I mean, that, the, the switching possibilities with like him Barnes playing like a three four kind of you know a, a thing and then maybe Nerlens or whoever they get to play five that that could be interesting but I, I like the fact that he had to earn stuff because when you come in with Carlisle as a rookie you have to earn it Dennis Smith Jr. had to earn it I mean he was given the the starting spot right away but there's a trust there there's that you know uh there's a trust given like given minutes that Dennis Smith Jr. had to earn and that he did. He, he earned it by his attitude, he earned it by his pre-draft stuff, you know, he earned all of that stuff. And I he, think that Bridges definitely could. He has Chark said this on Lockdown Mavericks last week, whatever. He said he has the highest floor outside of Luca. Wow. And I think I would put Aiton in that category too. But that's why I don't be surprised. Like if Bridges is taken, depending on what team, how the lottery shakes out. Don't be surprised if Bridges is taken three, four, five, yeah. six. Like I it would be crazy to think about that high. But when you look at how, when you look at how the game is is shaping out now, and how much how much value is placed on wings and wings with his potential, the defense, the seven two wingspan with the outside shooting. That is, I mean, there's people, no one like him right now that that's not a superstar. <laughs> yeah, players. I mean, teams are just <laughs> dying for prospects like that. So he just doesn't have the alpha. Give him the ball, go get me a basket. That's right. the thing. He can't. He doesn't have that ball handling yet. If you could combine him and like Michael Porter Jr. or something, or not even that. Like if you combine him and Luca, like that would be the awesome top yeah. Anthony Davis like prospect you know the outside shooting defense put Luca's, Luca's like, instincts yeah Luca's instincts and playmaking ability into Michael <laughs> into a uh, Michael Bridges uh one thing that I think will play and we got to move on from this we got to start moving on these but one thing I think will play in the Mavericks favor is the fact that he is going to be that role player type guy he doesn't have that high end you know ab- yeah. ability and maybe teams will start seeing this in him but I, I can't imagine like a Sacramento a Orlando and Atlanta, some of these teams that just need guys anywhere, like they just need a, a front end talent type guy. I just can't imagine them taking him. Uh, like Phoenix took Josh Jackson last year because they already had like a Devin Booker yeah. on, on the team, and uh, you know, and whoever else they think is going to be a good player, TJ Warren. I, I don't know, um, but I, I think that'll play in the Mavericks' favor if we really want him. And honestly, 
I want him more than anybody else on this board. <laughs> like, just as an irrational fan, seeing the fit, seeing how well it would well, work. Well, besides Luca and Aiden. No. I Like, just personally, who I would want to see. You know, not like who I think would be the best for the team and for the situation. I just, I really want to see him get on this team. I think that would be really fun. All right. You're, uh, so Michael Bridges, we both have him at five. Number six, yeah. who do you have? Uh, I have Bagley. You you have Bagley. You're still on the Bagley train, but, uh, but I just don't. I much, don't understand why people are off off board all the time with him. I I know. I have him at seven. Uh, number six, I have Michael Porter Jr. Do you have him at seven? Yeah, I do. Okay, we're like. I feel like I feel like I went on my whole Porter Jr. rant. So. Yeah, the the injury just really scares me, and I talked about it last last time we did this. I mentioned the injury, and. Uh, not that I saw him play and was like, oh, man, it's really bad. I just I, – I should have put him lower earlier. It doesn't really matter that much. But, yeah, I just like these guys a little bit more. And even even if he's fully healthy, I just don't know about the fit. I don't know about um, put him on the team. I don't know. I waver on these guys. That's what this is for. <laughs> the, the games did matter for me. I mean, I had him at two before because – if and if he didn't play, I would probably have him at two or three because the there mystery. was that – but well, the mystery and you have it in what you see or like you hear and stuff of like, okay, well, he's setting out the whole year. You think he's working on his conditioning the whole time and his, his game and like all this different stuff to when pre-draft workouts come. He's just in the best shape of his life, best everything of his life. And, and it's like now he's got two games under his belt. And I really think those two games hurt him. Like it helps that you see the grind and grit from him, but – those two games, I mean, I don't even know if you could come out and look more awful than what he, what he, you know, he did. You and don't like his, ex- you don't bump him up a spot for the tears. I wanted to. I, I do give him, <laughs> I give it to him for that. But I mean, yeah, this is. I mean, he's my biggest drop. I mean, I moved him from two to seven. So, I mean, it's a huge drop. It's just he has so much to prove, and it, it everything is his control. This this isn't this isn't no reporter. This isn't an insider. This isn't any type of new information that's going to come out and help him. This is solely him proving that he can get back to where he used to be. And only time will tell. Nothing can come out in the next week or so that's going to make you feel better about it. I mean, it's we, only going to be How much time did we talk about the combine last year? Probably not at all. <laughs> right? Like like yeah. barely at all. This is a guy that it's that combine's probably going to actually really matter. And yeah, and you know, a lot of times these guys don't go to the combine, and you know, for him, it's gonna really, really intriguing if he if he goes to that thing. Because I mean, it was his legs. I mean, his legs. He just he didn't have any of the athleticism and explosiveness that we saw in high school and all that stuff. But anyway, too much talking about Porter again. Too much about it. Okay, uh, my next three. I'm just gonna give. I'm gonna give you my next two. I. I think that we're gonna have maybe the same two i have wendell carter and miles bridges no i have carter at 10 and that's pushing it i'm not on the window carter so, you're so out on him i'm I'm not on it on board with that but talented big man all that stuff i just he's the guy in the top 10 that if dallas i would be like i'd be a little bit more skeptical about it but um no i have miles bridges at eight he had a big time first game of the tournament Good that second, second game, game, yeah, the second game was was fine. The first half was not good for him, but it wasn't good no. for anybody. <laughs> well, Jackson had horrific two games, but that he um, did. and nine, nine, I have well, I have Lonnie Walker still. I had him at nine last. Okay, time. you're keeping Lonnie Walker up there. I have Zaire Smith. 
Okay, yeah, you you're high, you like him a lot. I you? do like him. I just think I I really hope the Mavericks don't don't go anywhere past nine. I just feel like that would be kind of disappointing for the whole season. Even though the Mavericks were at nine last year and got you know one of the best players in that top ten yeah. probably. Uh, but I like Zaire Smith. I just think that a backcourt of Dennis and and him would be the most athletic in the league. Like you're talking guys that just jump out of the gym. That oop he had in the game the other day, he caught it and did a 360, and that was <laughs> pretty wild. Let me. So I had Lonnie Walker, and then I had Wendell Carter at 10. Yeah. Kevin Knox, I was really going back and forth between with Carter because he had a big first game too. Um, but anyway, let me let me just ask you this real quick before we end. Guy tweeted at me today and said, if Dallas is sitting at eight. That's a tough spot. If they're sitting at eight in Phoenix. Phoenix owns, I think it's the Bucks and the Heat or something. They yeah, right they now got three in, picks. Right now they have the fifteenth and sixteenth pick. Oh no, two picks. Atlanta has three. If Dallas, I mean, if Phoenix called Dallas and said we'll give you pick, we'll give you fifteen and sixteen for eight. Do you do it? It depends on who's available. Like like you're saying. Well, if, yeah, yeah. I'm saying all those top seven guys are off. Yeah. So here's the combinations of guys like would you because Lonnie Walker can go anywhere through there so yeah would you rather have Miles Bridges or like maybe maybe you can't guarantee it maybe a combination of like Lonnie Walker and Robert Williams or Daniel yeah if Gafford it's gonna come down and, to that I think I would do that or like Chandler Hutchison like Chark's not huge on him like because of what Chark said on, on the podcast to you on Thursday I think or Friday uh, you can get eighty percent of of Jaron Jackson and Mo Bamba in uh, Gafford or, or you know or Robert Williams, and I was like, that's actually a really good point. You know, and the Mavericks, they're at a point kind of now where they just need to take some flyers on a couple guys, and and maybe if one of them hits, then that's really really good. You know, then they're sitting yeah. in a really good spot because they already got one and they already hit on that. So and they've been I think really good at these undrafted guys finding as role players. I think I would definitely ask. I think he tweeted back at me and said, "Okay, well, like T.J. Warren, if they said we'll give you T.J. Warren fifteen and sixteen for eight. Oh, we get a player too. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, somebody's moving up to pick eight. I mean, that's a that's a big time move. I mean, yeah. So, I think yeah. I would do it at that point if all seven of those guys are off the board. But yeah, I mean. I think tier wise, it's like I said, I'll go. I think it's top two, and then I I think it's three through seven. As much as we said about Michael Porter Jr., if Dallas ends at with pick seven or eight, and Window Carter and Porter Jr. is on the board, and they take Porter Jr., don't be upset. Like, no, no I'd be Porter I'd be has so the talent. It's just going to take a little bit longer than what a lot of us thought, and all that stuff. I'm still going to be excited for him. All this different stuff, but. Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're telling me outside of Luca and Aiton, what is one prospect that you really, really want in Dallas? It's Mo Bamba, and it's not even it's not even close for me right now. I'm completely sold. I want him really bad. So and that's yeah. that's who I think they end up with, which I think would be really great. So we will see. Yeah, I, I'll be happy with any of those guys through there. We will see. All right, there you go. That's our top 10. Again, I'm just going to go through it real quick. Mine is still Luka Doncic, DeAndre Ayton, Jaron Jackson, Mo Bamba, Michael Bridges, Michael Porter, Marvin Bagley, Wendell Carter, Miles Bridges, and Zaire Smith. And Isaacs is DeAndre Ayton, Luka Doncic, Mo Bamba, Jaron Jackson, Michael Bridges, Marvin Bagley, Michael Porter Jr., Miles Bridges, Lonnie Walker, and Wendell Carter. 
Uh, we're going to try to spend less time together so that our boards look a little different as we bring it to you after the tournament. After the tournament when only a couple of these guys are still playing. Yeah, so. right. <laughs> Maybe none of them. Be uh, be on the lookout Thursday and Friday. You know, two um, first two get, days of Sweet 16. And you get Michael Bridges, Villanova going against West Virginia. West Virginia has a crazy, uh, really good defense. They got a really good car, a guard in Javon Carter. So um, just seeing Michael uh, Bridges again playing and stuff, you know, you want to watch that. And still, I mean, Michigan State got put out, but really at this point, any any Duke game you need to be watching because it's kind of the same. Uh, I said this in my piece the other day, but. Dallas is probably going to land a is going to land a pick in the top ten, and any team that has two prospects that's going to go in the top ten probably you need to be watching that team because there's a good chance one of those guys could be on uh, on your team next year or in Dallas. So make sure you watch Duke, watch Wendell Carter, uh, Marvin Bagley, watch Villanova with Michael Bridges, um, and maybe we can talk later on the week. Nick and I can throw at you some second round names to, to be watching and some of these other teams that Dallas could target with one of their second picks. That's definitely something we're going to be looking into because they got two second round picks. So we'll be looking at that guys. Thank you so much for listening to locked on Mavs. By the way, this is episode number one ninety six. Oh, it's coming. 200 is coming. It might be an arbitrary number, but it's real to me. Dang it. <laughs> it is real. I don't have anything else to say, Nick. <laughs> we are, how, we've done 196 of these. You don't know how to end it. 196. I mean, you don't know how to end. You don't know how we always end the podcast like every single time. Yeah, I know how to end. I thought you was gonna say something else. Don't look at me like that. <laughs> thanks for <laughs> thanks for listening. See, you're supposed to say that. You're supposed to say thanks for listening. Don't get on me. And then I say peace out. Then you say boom. We have our thing down. We're almost 200 in. We should know this. Wait, what do you say always? Peace out. Boom.